Hello there. Welcome to Dr. Doom's Dungeons and Dragon Balls, episode number four. Today I am joined by the amazing, the stupendous, the Super Nintendo. Hello. Yep, that's all I got. I <laughs> <laughs> love it. How are you, sir? Oh, you know, another day. Uh, you know, li- living on, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, that's all right. That's how it goes sometimes. Yep. Today, we're going to be talking about The Legend of Zelda. The whole series. Everything, all of it. Not really, maybe not. No, I think um I think we'll probably start things off with our uh, our history of Zelda. But of course, um we're actually talking about this because we have a Zelda game that just released. They released Skyward Sword HD. On the Nintendo Switch. On the Nintendo Switch. And that just happened. Okay. So we figured we would Try to be timely here, and uh, we talk about our experience with Zelda. Absolutely, it's an amazing yeah. franchise. It is. So, it really, it really is. Although I don't, I don't know why. Like I feel like Nintendo's kind of giving them the, the giving the Zelda franchise the shaft on their because thir- this is their thirtieth fifth anniversary. Yeah, like last year was Mario's. And I feel like there's not as much like promotion or like merch that's getting sent out as it was for Mario. I know Mario is a poster child of Nintendo, but like. (laughs) But I also wonder if the plan was to have Breath of the Wild 2 ready. Oh, yeah, that might have been the plan. And then pandemic and maybe the game's just a little more ambitious than they expected and. We know it's Nintendo. We know they do push for quality with their first parties, but maybe they like purposely held it back a little longer to kind of beef it up a little and and give the team the time to meet their ambition. As long as they don't cyberpunk it up and investors get antsy and want want the game released. Yes. Oh, please, God, no. Do not let that happen. That would be terrible. The last thing we need is another Cyberpunk or another Fallout 76 or anything along those lines. Yeah. Let's not. Let's please not. Don't push things out. Don't cash grab. Don't give in to investor bullying even though i do understand you know if they're getting on you then they get on you but it's like you know if something's not ready you push out a bad product you're, you're facing a major pr crisis i mean especially with as big as a franchise as you know the legend of series as legend as all the series is yeah well, you know, it's not called Legend of Zelda for nothing. It's clearly legendary. Yep. What do you, you want? You want to go first? You want me to go first on uh, our our roots, yeah. our beginnings? Yeah. Let's have let, let's start with Nintendo. So, what is your uh, what is your history with the Zelda franchise? Okay. So, um, you know, I mean, both of us we were born pretty much after the first two sequences in the game or the first two titles in the game you know the original legend of zelda and um the the sequel to that so we never got to play those but the first one played for sure was um uh legend of zelda a link to the past on the super nintendo um so i remember playing that one for sure and just being captivated i didn't you know unfortunately i didn't go from like the you know eight bit to the 16 bit and be like, Oh my God, this is so amazing. Like I can only imagine everyone's reactions to that for that series. But like, even still, like I thought it was great on the 16 bit, the top down view and the walking screen to screen and everything. It was just, 
great game, good pacing and everything on that. And, uh, you know, dungeons spread out. It was a fantastic story and all that stuff, you know, save the princess and stop the evil wizard and stop the awakening of the evil demon, uh, Ganon. So, um, and then from there we go into, uh, I skipped Link's Awakening on the Game Boy, even though I think I briefly like touched it, um, like a friend, I forgot one of our friends, but might've had it. Um, I did played you do you had it? I had the I had the DX re-release on Game Boy Advance. Okay. Cause I remember briefly like playing it. Like only thing I remember for sure is like you had the chomp chomp like following you around and you got it from a shopkeeper or something like that. So that's like the only thing I ever remember out of that game. But after that, I think we played uh, the Ages and Seasons games. I remember playing both those on the Game Boy Color. And then after that, I think I jumped to, um, because I skipped the Wind Wakers, because I didn't have a GameCube. So then the next one was Twilight Princess on the Wii. And um, that was, I I ended up loving that game too. Like, I, I think I got a lot of flack from people because it was like a darker title in the series. No, I'm sorry. I skipped one. I skipped one. I forgot about Majora's Mask. That one was just before Twilight Princess um, on yep. the Nintendo 64. So, and yeah, no, well, I missed... It was before Wind Waker. What's that? It was before Wind Waker, because Wind Waker was on the GameCube. Wind Waker was the next yeah. one following Majora's Mask. Yeah, so I completely forgot about Majora's Mask. Yeah, I know. That came out on the N64, and I played that with you, you had it on your N64 and remember playing that so much. And oh, so I think it wasn't, it wasn't until like years later that I got like an actual like strategy guide for like getting all the, um, the different like timely unlocks and stuff like that, because, you know, the internet wasn't in full throttle and it was hardly a thing. <laughs> I remember like trying so hard to scour the internet <laughs> Like there were there weren't as many guides or stuff out there, but yeah, no, that was a fantastic game too, and that one got flack for being like a darker theme and stuff. But like that, honestly, and it's probably because I missed Link to the Past, or I'm sorry, not Link to the Past, Ocarina of Time. Yeah. Um, that I like Majora's Mask more than Ocarina of Time. I don't know if that's true. I played Ocarina of Time. I didn't even end up yeah. finishing it. I played it. I didn't have a ton of like love or admiration for it. And then I bought Majora's Mask and that game. <laughs> yeah. Let me tell you, I love Majora's Mask. To this day, I love Majora's Mask. I played um the I played um Ocarina of Time when they re-released it for the 3DS. And I think um, I borrowed a copy and I got all the way through the light dungeon or the dark dungeon, which is like getting close to the end of the game. But I never finished it. The one thing I know that game's touted for, especially, is like the uh, final boss fight with Ganondorf and like that whole like sequence of fights. So I did, I missed out on that. And like maybe that would have like pulled me or ranked um, Ocarina of Time a little higher for me. I don't know. But um, definitely we'll probably try and like, I'd probably definitely go back and try that again. So, but Majora's Mask was, I don't know. I, to this day, I think my favorite iteration of Link is the Fierce Deity, the, uh, yeah, Fierce Deity Link when he puts on the um, the mask and, you know, he's I absolutely got agree that, with you. that helix sword and just like twirling or sending out the th- beams and stuff when he's slashing and like, oh uh, yeah. So good. Yeah, that was that was one of the selling points for uh, Smash Bros. Um, Ultimate for me was like the fact that they included that skin as one of his skins. So anytime I play Link in Smash Brothers, I'm like I'm choosing that skin because I'm like fierce deity Link. Yes, that's amazing. So then, yeah, and then after Majora's Mask, we went skipped Wind Waker series, and then we jumped into uh, the um, Twilight Princess. 
which I didn't even finish that one either. That pisses me off so bad. <laughs> I still have my Wii, and I, I could certainly hook it up and put batteries in there, and I'd probably start all over um, just because I I think I left off in like the water dungeon. And I would want to be like, oh, what do I do? I don't know where I'm at. I don't recognize this place anymore. Um, so I would definitely restart that. Um, but I'm really, I mean, honestly, I'm just waiting for Switch or Nintendo to just put it on the Switch. Like, <laughs> You made HD version of Wind Waker. You made HD version of um, Skyward Sword. And granted, they made HD version of Twilight Princess for the Wii U, but that's the Wii U. And who yeah. owns that? <laughs> just yeah, just bring it to the Switch. And yeah. um, and obviously, I mean, I have high hopes that they will because you know they just released Skyward Sword, so the, they're going to have some element of the motion controls. Um, so they're they could certainly like. I feel like it's easier for them to port it over now. Right. And then after Twilight Princess, I played A Link Between Worlds on the 3DS. See, that's interesting because that's actually one I didn't play. You said that's one you didn't play? Yes, that is one I did not play. Yes, and that one was pretty fun too. It didn't... um, I felt like it did certainly have the charm of a link to the past and it was because it's not a direct sequel. It's like based in the same storyline, but it is, I don't know, like a hundred years later, like a, there's a decent chunk of time between the two. It's a different link. You're still playing through um, the village and you're still in the Hyrule and stuff. And it introduced the element of you're turning into, I guess, like wall art would be the best thing to describe it. Graffiti, your link graffiti. Right. It's like a it's like a 2D, 3D flip, similar to like Paper Mario. Yeah. And it, I mean, it was a cute, fun game, very reminiscent of A Link to the Past. Um, had a lot of the items that were very similar to A Link to the Past. They weren't all there, but there were definitely some nods. Like I think the ice rod and the fire rod were included. And I played through that game. It was a pretty... I thought it was a pretty fun story too, and but that one I played through and beat. And then after a link between worlds, it yeah, I went to uh, Breath of the Wild after that. Um, yeah, you actually originally you borrowed that game from me. Yes, yep, I borrowed a copy from you and was hell bent on my. Uh, no armor challenge. Like I haven't even played the series before, but I'm like, oh, Link woke up in his underwear. I'm going to play through the whole series in his underwear. Um, <laughs> Amazing. And I remember you telling me about that, and I was I was just cracking up. I was so excited. I'm like, that's going to be awesome. But shortly when I bought that game for myself and loaded on my Switch, I forewent, or like I got rid of that challenge. I'm like, all right, well, I'm just going to throw on some armor because some of the armor is too beautiful, beautiful to not wear. So... So a lot of it's really cool. And then um, I forgot when I made my list here, but I did play around with Cadence of Hyrule, which is a Legend of Zelda spinoff, but technically Zelda and Link are in the game because they're playable characters. So that's really cool that you played that. Um, I was very interested in it. And this is, for, for those who aren't aware, Cadence of Hyrule is the um, rhythm-based game um that is sort of a spin-off of another series that i can't off the top of my head i can't think of the name of the series um it's unless it's um the one i'm thinking of is i know there's something of the something of the necromancer or the necro dancer or something like that but i don't know that's the one that it's it's a spin-off of yeah but that game was pretty fun like i played it at a friend's house uh he we were there was some sort of like uh, i think it was memorial day or fourth of july party and he brought it with him and um we played down in down in the basement wherever and it was pretty fun like i'm grew up with music and you know i was in band at marching band and all that crap so like music's kind of ingrained in me and the having the music the rhythm bass and the different levels and stuff was pretty fun i really i was really drawn to it so i wouldn't i would definitely like probably download it on my switch as well and play that again for sure so that's amazing yeah that's really cool that's one that i actually was super interested in and just never ended up picking up 
mostly just for like monetary reasons. I just I just didn't end up doing it. Didn't really have the money and all, so I just didn't end up picking it up. That's really cool that you played that. Yeah, no, definitely. I'd, I'd recommend it for sure. Just if you like rhythm games, like if if because <laughs> sometimes I will. Uh, it was a little frustrating that you I couldn't get on rhythm with some of the things, but once I found the rhythm, you know, it was a little easier to enjoy the game and understand. Once it clicks, it clicks. Oh yeah, 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 and that that makes sense. And I have some experience with rhythm games. Um, I haven't played a ton of them or anything, but I've fooled around with some rhythm games and we played a lot of, I know we played a lot of rock band. Uh, Actually, our friend of the show, Wayne, uh, owned rock band and played at his house a lot. Ah, the days of rock band. Yeah. Yeah. So I have I have some experience, I think. Um, and I was actually going to ask you about the, the difficulty in it, whether there was a major difficulty spike. But it sounds like it's similar to all those other type of games where once you kind of get the groove, you get the groove and you can uh, just kind of wing it from there. Yeah. Yeah. And still manage to have a good time. Oh yeah, and then like like I said, even each level had its own um, like sound or not soundtrack, but like it definitely had its own song. Like each dungeon had its own song. So once you found the rhythm, you were you were aces, you were good to go. Yeah. So, uh, so my history with Zelda, um, it actually it mostly lines up with yours. I stray a little bit, but um. I actually started, my cousins growing up owned a NES, and I actually have played just a little bit here and there of Zelda II, The Adventure of Link. And I really didn't know what I was looking at or playing. I didn't really understand what the game was. I just remember seeing it, playing a little bit of it, putting it down, Never really going back to it until I kind of realized what it was later in life. And by that point, they were they were getting rid of their NES and no longer had the game. Um, so that was really my first exposure to Zelda, but it didn't it didn't like stick with me. It was not something that revolutionized anything. Did you ever um, go? And uh, since, the, I mean, they're on the Nintendo, or they're on whatever that is, the classic Nintendo system on the Switch, if you have a Nintendo online service. Um, but did you ever go back and play it again at all? I did. I played it a little bit. And I'm like, oh my gosh, my cousins own this game. I never really, that's actually what reminded me that I owned, that they owned the game. Yeah. But I got to be honest, I played both the first and the second one, and the first one just gripped me so much more. I keep going back to the first. And uh, the Adventure Link just just never gripped me the same, because it was a very different Zelda game. Yeah. It was side-scrolling. It was kind of Castlevania-esque, as opposed to being like the Zelda adventures that we're used to. Um, And then really where my really, my first real experience started with, uh, I happened to go to my best friend's house. Yeah, that's right. I'm giving you a shout out. (laughs) And uh, first, of course, he he first of course gets me into Donkey Kong Country, and then all of a sudden he whips out some other game, and he puts it on the screen, and I'm like, what in the world is this? It's amazing. I will never forget the opening to Legend of Zelda: A Link to the Past. The sword coming down and linking with the shield, and yeah, 
so epic and then and then like when you very first start the story and like that text with the little triforce superimposed behind oh oh <laughs> it's just it's it's set up like just this epic story it's very almost like lord of the rings it's like oh you're in for a ride <laughs> and it's gonna be super cool and we sunk everything into that game. Like we played that game all the time, yeah, all the time, to the point where I bought when they re-released it with Four Swords on the GBA. I bought that, <laughs> <laughs> and I'd played through it yet again after I had played through it with you. Bought it for the Super Nintendo myself. Played through it then. Mind you now, uh, Nintendo owned a Super Nintendo before I did. The reason I practically begged and pleaded with my parents to get one. (laughs) And so then I had bought a copy, played it on there. And then, of course, I had to get it again on the GBA. Because I'm like, oh, now I can have this thing handheld. That's amazing. And, of course, just played that game there as well and then as i mentioned earlier i had Link's awakening dx came out for the game boy color but i got it shortly well i i think i did originally have it with my game boy color but i didn't get it till right before i got my gba so i mostly played it on my gba so I had that, and that has to be where you had your experience with it, um, because I don't think I know anyone else who owned it. Um, there's like one of one of our mutual friends had it. Um, I think I remember I remember him bringing it to school or something, and that was like the short experience I had with it because it was like during recess or like one of those times and. Oh, you know, just before they banned <laughs> Game Boy. Yes, yes, I remember that. Um, and then I was just so enamored with Link to the Past that I just always kept coming back to it. I was still playing it um, forever. I played that game up until really the release of Majora's Mask. Because then I had just gotten a 64 and I had... Um, I was at my dad's one time. This was after my parents split. And I was at, and friend down the street had a bunch of 64 games, and he like, just let me borrow a ton of them. And in there was Ocarina of Time. So I played it. He had started to save, so I don't remember if I jumped into his. If I stood, I I actually think I did both. I think I started my own just to get an idea of what the story and setting was. And then I got to a point where I was like, eh, and jumped into his save because he was, there's a time jump in the game and he was at the point of the time jump. So I jumped into his save to kind of see where things were and see. And that game just never really grabbed me. I don't know what it was, but it just never really grabbed me. Um, And then Majora's Mask came out. And I don't even remember how I heard about this game, but I bought it like day one. It was like a day and date buy for me. And I was a kid. I barely even knew what a day and date I was at the time. But I somehow knew this game was coming, knew what it was, and was completely enamored and taken aback by it. I was like, yes. So I am the one of all of our friends who own this game and everybody came to me to play and it was super cool because i was always excited i'm always like hey you gotta come this game (laughs) this game is amazing um and so majora's mask still has a very uh, strong place in my heart i feel like the three-day mechanic a lot of people give it a lot and a lot of people give kind of the weird, dark story a lot of flack. I love it. I thought this stuff was great. It was amazing. Um, 
I didn't, or I forgot to tell you, I um I didn't end up getting that on the 3DS when they re-released it for the 3DS too. I thought it was, I don't know, it was fun just to go back to it. I thought you had, because I remember us discussing it, and I thought you said you were going to try and pick it up, and I just, I think I just assumed you had, and maybe we did later on end up talking, and you're all like, yeah, I ended up getting it. It was great. Um. And I was like, well, yeah, it's Majora's Mask. Of course, it's going to be great. <laughs> but um, I thought so. I thought you had that. Um, and then Wind Waker happened. Well, I did do Seasons and Ages, which was right before Majora's Mask. Or no, right after. It was right after Majora's Mask. It was yeah. the next year. It was the year after Majora's Mask. Um, because okay. Majora's Mask was 2000, Seasons and Ages was 2001, and I actually owned Ages, and I eventually ended up owning both of them. But I originally think I only owned Ages, and then I later on got Seasons, and ended up getting the extra dungeon at the end and getting the final story. Um, but I sunk a lot of time in those, and I really liked those because it was that same password and it felt like a continuation of a link to the past even though i know a lot of people to a link between worlds but i don't think a link between worlds really feels the same well in the um like can, or I, don't, I don't know how you would call it but the hero from a link to the past is technically the hero yes. in ages and seasons too yes he and uh, he's the same hero. He, he's the same hero yes. in Link's Awakening as well. Like, because after he finishes Link the Past, he goes out and yeah, adventures. And, um, he's the one hero that has the most. Maybe the most I think. Things. I think you're right. I don't remember. I think but, you're right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So then, Wind Waker was coming out, and after Majora's Mask, Wind Waker just was not what I was looking for. I was like, uh, and I know everybody, I feel like that's just how that game went. It was one of those games where it was announced, everybody was like, eh, this is not what we want. Everybody was like, what's the next one? Better, better than this. And then it came out, and everybody still kind of felt like that until they all played it. And once they all played it, everybody fell in love with it. And I just never did. I played it. I didn't hate it. But I didn't love it either. I was just kind of um, indifferent to it. I was like, yeah, I see the appeal, but it's just not. Did the, did the art style turn you off at all? Or were you um, just whatever? The art, art style, style kind of turned me off, but it wasn't so much the cell uh, shading as much as it was. Yeah. It kind of went for this chibi style kind of look to it. Um, kind of cheeky, almost like Paper Mario-esque as far as like how they how they make the animations look and how they design certain character aspects. It just um it felt in such contrast to something like Majora's Mask. Um, that sort of had this grit to it. And they definitely brought that back. So, like, I never owned Wind Waker, but I knew a lot of people who owned it. I have played it. I didn't love it. I was sort of indifferent to it. Twilight Princess happened. Everyone was super hyped for Twilight. You owned it. Few of our other friends owned it. I never played through the whole thing and beat it. I watched other people play through it and beat it. I have experience playing it. I just never played through all of it. And honestly, it just didn't really stick with me. And I think that was sort of disappointing for me. I was like, oh, this game just didn't stick with me. And I'm a little disappointed about it was it was all that fishing 
you know, when the, the world's getting ready to collapse and Link is just off fishing instead of saving. I don't even know Hyrule. if it's that. I'm really not sure why that game just didn't stick with me, but it just didn't. But that's true. I do remember us having a lot to say about the fishing. <laughs> you know what? Um, sorry, I just came up with Twilight Princess 2 that I really enjoyed was like, I think it was the first, um, I don't know, maybe not the first. I don't know. It felt a little more open worldy, like just before like Breath of the Wild, like the, it was like true open world sandbox. Like it felt a little bit more open worldy than previous games. I think that's what yeah. like brought me into it a little bit too for that. Yeah, I definitely see that. And I don't disagree with you. And like I said, it could just be because I had very limited experience with the game. Like, I never owned a Wii, so I never owned the game. Um, yeah. And then my next, like, experience was Zelda. I never actually played this game, but I found out about it. And my hype for it, my hype for the idea of it and what the story was supposed to be. And I read article after article after article leading up to the release of this game. I was so hyped for it. Skyward Sword. I was so ready to find out what actually happens at the very beginning of the timeline and how all this. I was super excited. For didn't own a Wii. Didn't own a Wii U, which you could get Wii games on. I didn't have any way to play this. Yeah. The game comes out, it gets bad reviews. I'm like, all right. But I don't care because I don't trust the reviews. And most of it is based around the forced motion controls and how badly the Wii motion works. Fixable stuff. So I'm super excited to play the HD remake of it. And if any, or well, remaster really. It's not really a remake. Remaster. And it's probably like the thing I'm the most excited to get my hands on because I was completely enamored by the concepts of this game. I wanted this game so bad. And I just, I just, I didn't own a Wii. I didn't own a Wii U. I had no way of playing it. And that's really the only reason this game. And at the time, most of my friends, including yourself, were... It just wasn't feasible for me to be able to go and play a whole game at your place. Plus, I didn't even know if you were interested or had been following the hype behind the game. I don't even, I think, I don't even think I really, like, talked to people about this. I just was, like, privately super hyped about it. Yeah, like, I never, I remember hearing about Skyward Sword, but never, like, it's like, oh, I need to play this game and, like, I don't know. I know, yeah, I definitely got, like, some bad flack because of um, the motion controls, but I was, like, right now, I'm I'm on the a little bit more excitement train for it. I definitely want to get my hands on a, the HD version for the Switch, and definitely want to give it a go and uh, yeah. check it out. Yeah, so then I, uh, I, me too, I totally feel, totally check it out. And then I got Breath of the Wild, and I love that game. I unabashedly love it. And it does feel a lot like the first Zelda, like the first Legend of Zelda game, um, where you're just kind of thrown in. You just wake up, and you're thrown in. And you just do it. And it's a little different, because I feel it is a little more guided in Breath of the Wild. But I I think it's great. Um, I do have my own sort of nits to pick with some of the stuff in Breath of the Wild. I do sort of miss traditional dungeons. But I also love shrines. So I wouldn't want to lose shrines in lieu of traditional dungeons. I kind of want to have my cake and eat it too. And that's one of my big hopes. And I actually think they're doing it. 
and and I'm really hopeful that they are doing it and it kind of looks like they're doing it based on the promotional material we've seen so far that Breath of the Wild 2 will have both shrines and traditional dungeons because I think we're going to be losing Divine Beast altogether. So I think replacing Divine Beast will be more traditional dungeons, probably more in the style of Majora's Mask where you have four major ones, kind of what they were trying to do with Breath of the Wild, but it kind of fell short because of just the way the Divine Beasts were structured. Yeah. It felt, felt, definitely did feel a little bit more confined like than previous dungeons because of, yeah, that you're limited to the size of the Divine Beasts instead of being able to, instead of having a floor plan for these dungeons and like having multiple rooms that span over what feels like a larger space. You're, you're stuck with it just being shoved into a specific shape of whatever animal you're working with that is the divine beast is an allegory for. Yeah. I think you've said before you're you're okay with like the breakable weapons, right? So so I kind of I have an interesting um relationship with the breakable weapons. I kind of love them and hate them at the same time because some of the weapons look so cool that you just don't want to have to lose. And then you're kind of like, damn it, that broke. And it was so cool and epic looking when I used it. Now I have to go find another one that looks like that. And sometimes you can't because if it's a super uncommon rare one, it's kind of a pain in the ass to find it again. So that kind of sucks. Um, however, I do like the idea of it causes you to switch it up. And they do give you the master, which is always constantly a looming option and you can always go back to it yes it needs to recharge but honestly i thought that was a creative way to handle well you can't have the master short break but how can we get it for you have to switch it up and have some and i kind of like that and i like what they did there and especially once they did the dlc and you could do the trials increasing the master sword's power which i thought ultimately um made for a better Master Sword mechanic at the end. So. Did, uh, did you ever play the um, expansion off of that, though? Frozen? I want to say Frozen Wilds, but I feel like that's not the right expansion name for that. <laughs> no. Uh, the Frozen Wilds was um, Horizon Zero Dawn. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah, the DLC, yeah, uh, so the DLC is, um, it's basically just endgame content, it gives you another dungeon, it gives you some new items, and it gives you the Master Sword trial, which allow you to power up the Master Sword, and yeah, I bought the deal, I got the game right as the DLC was releasing, so I got the game... Because I didn't get it, I didn't buy a Switch until uh, Smash Bros. Ultimate was like the same day Smash Bros. Ultimate released. I got the Smash Bros. Ultimate uh, Switch, yeah, and it came with a digital copy of Ultimate, and I had that pre-ordered and ready to go when they when it was announced. So, um, so that's when I got my Switch. And I didn't even, and I got it for the whole family for Christmas. And I didn't even end up getting Breath of the Wild till I think January. That would have been a few years after Breath of the Wild came out. And then, and then the DLC had just been out. So. I got the DLC right after I got the game because my, my kid bought the game and he had some leftover money and we ended up using it to get all the DLC for the game. So so from day one, I've had the full game experience. Gotcha. So something you were asking me before we started reading that I'm now going to ask you 
what and and I guess you kind of already answered this, but um, what Zelda game haven't you played that you really would like to play? Would like to maybe see brought up to a to the newer consoles to play um, as like your first time experiencing it. I definitely the two I have two. It's like definitely Skyward Sword now and um, Wind Waker. I do want to check out Wind Waker because it was one that I never. The, um, even like played at a friend's house or anything like that, or even checked out. If anything, I just saw videos of it. Um, but I would def- I definitely want to give Wind Waker a chance uh, and Skyward Sword. Those are the two that I definitely want to go back and try and play or find or get copies of or something. So, for sure. But that was, I, for sure, like I said, Sky- Wind Waker, just because it was. Um, I, I've got one friend who, for him, it's his like favorite in the in the franchise. It's, it's up there in the top for him. So, a lot of people I've talked to will say that. A lot of, I mean, I am like floored by how, after the fact, people love Wind Waker. Yeah, and people. No, they don't just like have nostalgia. No, they like still have their GameCubes. They go back and they play this game, and they're all like. That's still amazing. It's not a. It's there's no nostalgia glasses here. I'm playing this game now. This, it's awesome. And I'm like, I think it, and it probably has something to do with um, the Ganondorf in that game. I think he's a little his like arc or his like whole like backstory of why he's doing the way he's doing. I think that helps drive the whole likeness of that I game too he's so he's a more sympathetic character and you see a lot yeah uh you it's got an interesting perspective on ganondorf as a character and it actually gives him some good yeah. motivation and some good characterization from from what i've heard and i've seen enough of the game and heard uh, enough about the game to to feel pretty confident, and that's probably why people um, enjoy that more. So I would say yeah. for me, the one I really want to see, we're already seeing it. It just happened. Skywards. Like I said, the hype for that game was out of the roof. Just insanely hyped for that game. And never got to play it. Didn't own a Wii or a Wii U had no way of playing it. And now here it is. I have a switch finally having, I haven't had a Nintendo system since the 64 and now the switch happened and I couldn't say, I just couldn't say no. I had to get it, especially smash ultimate. And I was, um, you know, we talked about on the last episode we were on together, how into smash I am and how much I have. And I, you know, ultimate push me in, but ultimately I'm glad to have a Nintendo system again. It's kind of refreshing and it's awesome. And I have all the big games. You know, Mario Odyssey, Breath of the Wild, Smash Ultimate. Um, I'm definitely getting Metroid Dread. No doubt about that. Breath of the Wild 2, I'm super looking forward to. So it's gonna, it's it's so great to have a Nintendo system and have all these big franchises again. And they never really left, but I just I just never personally owned them. I played them through others for years. I'll say yeah, since you missed out on what it was like three consoles in between four. If not. So I missed out on GameCube. Of course, everybody I knew had a game. Um, you know, you had a GameCube. Uh, well, did you? No, no, no. No, I did not. Like, after... Um, so, friend, friend, friend of the show, Captain Dadpool, had a GameCube, and he would bring it to your house all the time, and we would play. Yeah. All the time. Yep. So, um, that's... That's really uh, where it was. So, yeah, we both got a lot of our GameCube experience through that. You owned a Wii. 
And you, you, friend of the show, Wayne, actually owned a Wii together. <laughs> you guys had gone, gone halfsies on it, and you co-parented the Wii. <laughs> yep. Oh, man. And I, I remember those days. That was, that was a lot of fun. And, and we would go back and forth <laughs> to each other's houses playing the Wii. So, yeah. Oh. yeah, good times. Um, and yeah, you guys had Twilight Princess. I remember that. Um, but yeah, I I missed out on three consoles. I missed out on the GameCube, uh, the Wii, and then the Wii U, which friend of the show Wayne does also own yeah. a Wii U. However, he has now moved three hours away from me. So that also isn't so easy. <laughs> but now I own a Switch and I am back on Nintendo Council. And I'm happy. Um, I forgot one other game that I play that's, I mean, it's kind of along lines in the franchise, but Hyrule, Hyrule Warriors. I did download a copy of that and was playing that. And I really, I was really enjoying that. So, because I have played, I have some, some experience with like Dynasty Warriors and whole like you know mass army fights and stuff like that. And Hyrule Warriors was a pretty, pretty fun um, installation. So, on that note, another game that I was pretty hyped about, never played. Even though I do have a Switch and I could buy it, I just haven't yet. Uh, mostly for financial reasons. Age of Calamity. That's uh, that was actually one of the reasons I want or I got Hyrule Warriors was to go into that game as well. Okay. So, but I never I never purchased Age of Calamity yet. I still just have Hyrule Warriors. So yeah, and I'm kind of in that boat too. Um, I didn't get the original Hyrule Warriors for the sake of that. However, I have played Hyrule Warriors, and that's actually something I forgot to mention in my history. I did play it back when it first came out. Someone I knew had it, and I honestly don't remember who, but I remember briefly playing that game. So I do have some experience with Hyrule Warriors. I had played the Dynasty Warrior games before. Other mutual friends we had uh, had Dynasty Warriors and had shown me those games, so... So, um, here's something interesting. What would you say your top three Legend of Zelda games are? I would, yeah, no, I would rank Majora's Mask first, Link to the Past second, and Breath of the Wild third. That's super funny. Your list is sort of almost a flipped version of my list. So my number three is Breath of the Wild. Yeah. So that matches up. My number two is Majora's Mask. Okay. And my number one is A Link to the Past. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense too with the uh, shared roster that we have had with it. But no, for sure, that's. Yeah. Uh... Yeah, and it, it was a very hard choice for me because. Majora's Mask did play such a big part. And I just, I love so much about that game. But I also feel like A Link to the Past shares a lot of the stylized artistic direction with Majora's Mask. You know, the dark world and the idea of like this darker, creepier kind of um, version of Legends of Zelda. I, I feel like, I feel like it, um, it kind of shares some DNA there with Majora's Mask. Now, Majora's Mask is a completely different kind of thing. And I think really the only reason it's number two is just because A Link to the Past defined my childhood so much. And I just, I played that game so many, so many different ways. I owned it everywhere it ever released. And I've replayed that game more times than I can count. And Majora's Mask just never was quite as accessible, even though it was the one Zelda game that really stuck with me. Whatever, um, you know, since they or they re-released A Link's Awakening for the Switch and made it that cutesy style, 
Do you think they're ever going to do that with any of the other like top down, or you think that was a one shot? Probably. I don't think it'll be in the same style. I think I don't know that it'll be that kind of style, but I think um, there there's a strong case to make for a remake of say Seasons and Ages. I think that was an interesting duo game concept that I guess was sort of novel. I mean, this was around the time Pokemon second generation was happening and things like that. Um, And so I think, I think it was kind of a time and place thing, but I, I I think it would also be interesting to see, because that's still a thing. I mean, Sword and Shield just happened and that, did a duo release and it did phenomenally well first of all it's poke um but second of all it showed the viability of a duo on the switch and i think um season ages could they could do some cool stuff with um especially now with uh, needing things like link cable and uh, just having simple like save, re- or even just if you have both games on the system, it unlocks the uh, you know the the final dungeon. Yeah, it was like um, you could uh, if you beat it, the boss from the other game like came over and you had to beat that boss, and yeah. Yeah. So the idea was basically basically you had to beat both games and then you unlocked a secret final boss okay i just looked it up yeah yeah well because okay. you you had to beat have I both games to... beaten and link the games together and then you did the final boss battle a second time but you fought whichever version you were playing on you fought that boss first, then you fought the other game's boss, then you got the final boss. But you had to have basically beaten the game, beaten each game already, and then link them up, and then do the final boss battle again. So... So you can... Sorry, I looked it up. You can get (laughs) Ages and Seasons on the 3DS um, through their virtual console thing our service on the 3ds so see that's what i thought but i also i never owned a 3ds so um yeah but i think that would be an interesting i think they could do a lot of interesting cool things with it if they were to do remakes um not necessarily in the style but in the in the same vein as what they did with the new week which i also still have yet to play and i'm actually pretty interested in it and um i'm pretty sure it did pretty well which one was that the the link's awakening remake oh yeah um yeah i think it had pretty well so but yeah um i don't know if you have anything more to add. No, I think uh, that's about it. Aside from, you know, we're looking towards the future and um, Breath of the Wild 2. You kind of touched on um, things you, you want to see on Breath of the Wild 2. Um, for me, I think it's just uh, losing the un- the breakable weapons. I think, <laughs> like, I, I understand then using that to get you to try different weapons and like um do the different things with them but i think overall the breakability on the weapons is probably my least favorite um thing with breath of the wild so i would definitely want to see that going let me try pitching something to you okay what if they did something along the lines of like why i like the master sword once you get it in the game what if they did something where you have certain weapons, maybe say like the highest, like some of the best weapons you can get in the game. They're not breakable. Maybe they add a like cooldown or recharge time into them similar to the Master Sword. But maybe they don't. 
either way, but all of like the low end weapons, like like you know how you can just run around and pick up a twig or pick up a bogoblin's club or something. Those things, um, all of the easy to find common world weapons are breakable. However, like the big adventuring, this is like gonna be a big main weapon. Use weapons are not. So you kind of have your cake and get to eat it too. Would you be cool with something like that where you kind of have the option, you have some breakable, some non, and it's all the good stuff you're really going to want to use that isn't breakable? Yeah, if they had an element like that, I would just essentially make like, um, they would classify them as like legendary weapons. So like if it was the... That's what I was thinking. And that was that was exactly my thought. Like I was thinking they could do that. It's like legendary or epic weapons or something like that. And you have it, those are special classification weapons that classify alongside the master sword. And they don't they don't break. They maybe they have a recharge or cooldown time. Maybe they don't. I don't know how they're gonna work that whole system in. But either way, like, you don't lose the weapon. You just might have to improvise for a little bit. That or if they um, introduced, like, a blacksmith or something that, like, as a weapon was getting low on its health, its life or whatever, you could take it to the blacksmith and repair it and build it back to its life. I like that, too. That would be a great implementation and it would kind of it would kind of solve the problem in a slightly different way than what i'm talking because say you do want to just run around stick and that's what you want to do for your whole gameplay you could viably do that if the stick's not breaking every three hits (laughs) so you just constantly had to be visiting a blacksmith but it's still possible for sure yeah so yeah i really um and I understand weapon degradation can be a frustrating mechanic. I do feel like this game drops weapons like crazy. Plus, it gives you the house and the wall mounts in your house. Yeah. And that sort of helps you have certain special weapons that you want as backups stored somewhere that you have easy access to. Yeah, no, that'd be that'd be cool. I I agree. I I think that and the return of traditional dungeons, but alongside shrines. And obviously same thing everybody talks about. You know, yeah. darker story, which it kind of looks like they're going for anyway. And, um, you know, kind of more reminiscent of Majora's Mask. Kind of looks like that. Although, it was pretty surprising. Uh, the most recent um, E3 trailer we got, it looks like they're kind of going Skyward Sword and bringing it back around full circle. I mean, that would uh, play in, definitely play into a little bit more, especially with, uh, you know, them making the HD version of Skyward Sword, making it a little bit more accessible to the um, the audience now and stuff, and being like, oh, look, it's really for HD, so then you can relive that story and get hype and get ready for Breath of the Wild too. So, yeah. Yeah, and that's how I was feeling. That and... Skyward Sword is where the story starts. We've always been told Breath of the Wild's where it ends. If this is a direct sequel to Breath of the Wild, if it's going to be like the last game in the timeline, and Skyward Sword's the first, it only makes sense for it to come around full circle and have Skyloft kind of returning. Yep. And I think it's it's sort of sort of like poetic, you know? This is true. The end mirrors the beginning. Yeah. I think that's really neat. All right. Well, I think that is going to be our show. So thank you for joining me, Super Nintendo. Absolutely. All right. Thanks, Ralph.
You bet. You are always welcome. <laughs> always welcome. We are we are always ecstatic to see you. Uh-huh. So it's always a pleasure being here. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. And thank you for joining us. We will see you next time.